everyone. Welcome back to Transformational Trauma and Healing. I'm so glad to have you with us. In today's episode, we are going to look at the trauma of infertility and talk with you about some non-traditional tools and resources. We have a very special guest today with us, Dr. Lindsay Fox from Fox Acupuncture. Lindsay received her bachelor's degree in biology from Washington College, where she wanted to pursue physical therapy. After working at a PT clinic, she immediately learned that she wanted to treat more than just the physical body and wanted to treat the whole person. Lindsay found and fell in love with Eastern medicine. She then went on to receive her master's in acupuncture from Maryland University of Integrative Health and then followed up with a graduate certificate in Chinese herbs. After a few years in practice, she then went on to receive her doctorate of acupuncture and Chinese medicine. During her doctoral studies, she shadowed a reproductive endocrinologist at a local fertility center and became very familiar with the Western side of reproductive medicine. A large part of Lindsay's practice and passion includes women who are undergoing IVF or any other Western reproductive intervention. Besides fertility, Lindsay loves to treat any and all women's reproductive issues, including painful or irregular cycles, menopause, endometriosis, and PCOS. She currently lives on the eastern shore of Maryland with her two dogs, husband and son, and is expecting another child in October. Her hobbies include gardening and cooking, and she loves a yoga class when she can make it there. Welcome, Dr. Lindsay Fox. Lindsay, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to be here today. Awesome. Well, I'd like to start us out with just a little bit about how you and I know each other. Um, Because you are my acupuncturist um, (laughs) and you have been working with me on... Um, the chronic pain that I have in my hand, as well Mm -hmm. as helping to treat my anxiety. And Mm -hmm. as I tell you every week when I'm there, this is my favorite time of the week. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's a very, it's a very nice time for many people. Very, very relaxing. Yeah. So, but, but treating chronic pain and treating anxiety isn't actually your specialty. It's nice that you do that also, but your specialty as, as I read in your bio is really fertility. Sure. So tell me about how you, I guess, tell us about what led you to your career in acupuncture and why fertility was the big drawing point for you. Sure. So I was a biology major in college and I really, I loved, I still, and I still do. I love science and I really wanted to be a physical therapist. Um, And then when I graduated and I was working for PTs, I very quickly realized that that was not the case for me, that I didn't really like the PT setting. Um, I didn't like just working on the physical body with a patient. Um, And even though I love physical therapy, in general. And it's a wonderful modality. And I refer to it frequently. It just wasn't the career path for me. And so um, I was led to something a little bit more holistic. And I really, what I loved about Eastern medicine is that it's very, it's body, mind, spirit. So yes, chronic pain is wonderful to treat because it's very, um, it's treated very well, but it's also very obvious when someone comes in and they're pain level was a 10 out of 10. And then after a couple of treatments, their pain level goes to a five. And then eventually you hopefully get their pain level to where your goals are. So pain is always a really fun thing to treat with acupuncture. Anxiety, usually a patient walks in your office anxious and they leave feeling better. So those are all very satisfying things to treat as an acupuncturist. 
But what I found was that when I really started treating and what drew me to acupuncture treatment myself was having some, having really bad hormonal acne when I went to college and which never went away. And then I had um, irregular cycles when I went off birth control, which led to painful periods that which led to other issues. And it was all very compounded and Chinese medicine found answers for me for all of that. And so I loved the idea of hormonal health and for women's health. And I very quickly became exposed to um, more science and research around women going through IVF and using acupuncture as an adjunctive modality to help improve their outcomes. And so I kind of went down that path about 10 years ago. And even though I love treating fertility, no matter where a patient is or hormonal health, no matter where a patient is with that, treating women going through fertility treatments is really um, a great passion of mine because I feel like those women have gone through a lot to get there. And then we have really cool science that supports the use of acupuncture in conjunction with Western medical interventions for fertility. So that was about 10 years ago. And here, here we are. It's still, um, still a big part of my practice and still one of my favorite things to treat. Excellent. So since this is a podcast about trauma, I'd like to mm-hmm. understand, because I know you and mm-hmm. I have talked about this, um, right. I'd like to understand how you see infertility as a trauma. In general, we can see fertility as a trauma. It's on a spectrum, right? Because when you say infertility, there's so many facets of it. And I assume this is for many forms of trauma, that there, it's, it's very it's complicated and it is on a spectrum. There's women who've been trying for years and years to conceive and they can't conceive. There are women who can conceive very easily, but they can't sustain a pregnancy. And then there are women who are going through IVF cycles where they're not responding the way they should. They don't get as many eggs as they'd like to, or their eggs don't go survive genetic testing. I think the um, spectrum of trauma related to fertility is just so vast that women who go through these things, their body retains a lot of this trauma. So not just saying like the Western drugs that they have to take if they're going through IVF, but just the anxiety that comes up from waiting scan to scan or from waiting cycle to cycle, living your life based on your ovulatory window, the stress it puts on your marriage. It can be a huge financial burden to many couples. It can be a huge emotional toll on women and and men, of course, and anyone who's in a relationship and trying to conceive, it can be very, very traumatic for a multitude of reasons. And that's why I feel like it can be on a spectrum. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, And and I can see that. And and as you said, I I do think you're right that all trauma is kind of on a spectrum um, because it is almost always complex. <laughs> you, you don't just yes. have an event and, yes. and um, you know, it, not having fertility as an issue for me, um, you know, I, I want to understand how acupuncture can really help with that. I mean, like, so I feel very blessed that when I wanted to have children, I was able to get pregnant and carry my babies, mostly full term. And, um, sure. You sure. know, but I, I recognize also that a lot of women don't have that experience. And, um, right. it's also not really something we talk about. No, it's this, it, I feel like it's getting better with social media. I think that's come a long way in the past couple of years with Instagram and TikTok and people being able to talk a little bit more. And even Facebook, you know, there's fertility groups all over Facebook and people being able to have more of a community and it might not be as isolating to them in the big picture, but for many couples, it's very isolating for them on a personal level, right? So it might be a lot of them don't really have friends going through the same treatments or they have friends who, you know, they look at their husband wrong and they get pregnant. You know, they're, everyone is so different in how they experience fertility or their path with fertility is very, very different for a lot of women. 
Yeah, and I would imagine and I feel that like- not being able to talk about it, um, you know, yeah. with, the, right. like, for me, I remember when I was pregnant with my first child, I, one of my best friends was also pregnant with her first child. And we spent that entire time, you know, planning our baby's lives, um, which, you know, didn't actually turn out that way, but, but we planned nonetheless. Right. Um, but I can't imagine if being someone who, you know, is at that stage in life where they are, where their friends are all having babies and wanting a baby and not being able to, conceive or carry or whatever the challenge is, I I can't imagine or I can imagine how very isolating that could be because you don't have that commonality amongst your friends that are all giving birth. Right. And you're, we are, they're bombarded with it, right? Like these women, they see a pregnancy announcement on Facebook and Instagram and they're very elaborate or their gender reveals and then we have baby showers and it is it can be very overwhelming in terms of it's just a big part of our culture to celebrate birth and pregnancy and I'm not saying that shouldn't be the case but it is it's a lot of women can feel like they can't even go on social media some of them delete their social media apps because they don't want to be exposed to it and I think in terms of why it's considered a trauma and I'm, I'm curious because you're, you're obviously the, the expert here in terms of like how we distinguish trauma, but I, from like a Chinese medicine perspective, when we're not separating the body, the mind and the spirit, and we know that each, each of those things can affect the other, when you're going through such a physical and emotional thing, it sticks with you and it affects your decision making it it affects your mental health your physical health your spiritual health right some women go through huge spiritual crises with these things and um and then also trauma lives with you right so it's not like trauma is an isolated event that you get over and you know you or you have a baby and all of that trauma is gone i think that's a really big misconception with these women is they think that they have a baby and they no longer feel anxiety around going to the doctor or having their blood drawn or all these things that are very triggering for these women, even though they have their, their joy and their ultimate goal, that stuff doesn't necessarily heal those, that path doesn't necessarily leave your body or get better in your body. And so for these women, it's a long term. It can be a long term struggle, and a lot of them don't even realize that. Like they're still suffering from going through fertility treatments, and they and now they need other interventions to to be functional. Yeah, that. Well, I, you know, I think it's a lot. It, it, that is similar to what my experience was with my TBI. Like because people right. can't see the trauma, right? Right, um, and it makes people uncomfortable to talk about a trauma that somebody else has gone through because there's the whole, like, is bringing it up the wrong thing is bringing it up the right thing, you know? And right. Right. Especially when something can be, uh, you know, fertility is, is probably considered pretty private and, um, for as sure. much as it would yeah. be helpful for women to talk more about their fertility journeys, um, it right. also does feel in our particular culture that that is a family thing. You keep that within your family. Right. So, right. so women end up being very isolated during that period right. of time and then... Like, I would imagine, feel like, okay, I had a baby. Everything's going to be good now. And then wonder why it's not. Stay with us. We'll be right back. As the weather gets warmer, 
I am more and more grateful for all the skinny tees, tanks, and camis I have in my closet. They are soft, comfortable, and go with everything. There is every color imaginable available, including a wide variety of skin tones. For 30% off your order, go to www.skinnyteas.com and use my code TTH30. That's skinnyteas.com, code TTH30. Right. Wonder why they they can't go into a doctor's office without feeling like they have anxiety or 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 this chronic worry around your kid and every event or every scan or every ultrasound is is triggering for them. And and they some women do know they're like I went through a lot to get this baby so I do feel anxious if he's sick, he or she is sick or I feel anxious if something's wrong and you know, they can be a little bit anxious during their entire pregnancy, which we know clinically also can lead to postpartum anxiety. They're more likely to have postpartum anxiety um, or postpartum depression if they're struggling a little bit through their pregnancy. And so it's like how, and in terms of my role with that, what I love and where my passion is, how can I support these women not just physically, because I want them to feel good going through this journey, but how can I support them emotionally as they navigate through some of these treatments or through some of these cycles where they don't get the positive pregnancy test or they don't respond well to the stem drugs and, and they need to start over. And how can I just be on their team and be an advocate for them and hope that they, when they do get their little pride and joy that they, they know that they have support and they have help through the entire process. So what kinds of things can acupuncture do for someone who is on a fertility journey and is looking at IVF or, you know, any kind of Western medicine sure. intervention? I always say my, my dream, here's my dream patient. My dream patient is someone who is like, I think I want to conceive, you know, in the next three to six months. And I'm just trying to come in and prepare my body and get ready. Those are an acupuncturist dream patients. They are very rare because <laughs> it's usually what we usually get are the patients who are like, in the middle of IVF and they're like, I'm really struggling with my anxiety or I really want it to work this time. They might not be on their first round or um, patients who have been trying for years and years and years and who maybe are a little bit older that are trying to add it in. So we oftentimes do get a lot of last ditch effort patients, which is, is fine. We, we love everyone who comes to our door and we treat them where they are. And the way that that helps them is if we're treating more on an acute basis, right? So if a patient's already in the middle of their IVF treatment, all we're really trying to do is increase blood flow to the uterus to help uh, embryo implant. Um, we're trying to help sustain the pregnancy. So help hold everything up and in and manage their stress. And what we say, calm their shen, which translates to spirit. So keep them nice and mellow, keep their nervous system calm, and make it a little bit of an easier process for them going through IVF. And we know that this works. We know that it improves outcomes and not just positive pregnancy rates. We know that live birth rates also improve as well. Cool. Yeah. So what is the kind of thing? So if somebody comes into your office and, um, you know, is, in the midst of IVF and it, or has done, mm -hmm. this is the second round or whatever. Um, what kinds of things do you need to know from your patients in order to treat them appropriately? Sure. So we always, sure. So we always things that 
the really common questions that we want to ask is how's your uterine lining look? Do you produce a thick enough lining for an embryo to get really cozy in there? There are certain protocols that we have to improve uterine lining to help with receptivity. Um, we want to ask how many follicles do they have? How do they respond to drugs? Um, are there chromosomal issues? Is it frequent miscarriages? And then we can also just kind of guide them too in terms of finding the right resources. So oftentimes too, I refer to reproductive endocrinologists. If I'm like, you know what, this you've got a lot going on. Like, let's get more eyes on you. Let's get let's get a whole team around you and get some more blood work, get some saline saunas, get some ultrasounds, make sure that everything from a physiological standpoint looks really good. And then um, yeah, we kind of look at the whole person. We also want to know how is your digestion? How do you assimilate food? How do you sleep at night? How do you manage your stress? How do you take care of your body? How do you nourish yourself? These are all things that we ask during treatment and that tailor towards. And then we make not just acupuncture recommendations. Of like, I want to see you twice a week. We might say, we really want you putting warm, cooked, nourishing foods into your body. Focus on dark leafy greens and deep water fish or organ meats or things like that, we might make some suggestions based on the individual's presentation. Interesting. And what I find remarkable there with, with what you just said was how you talked about gathering a team around your patient who is experiencing fertility problems and you know, that you're not just saying, okay, my way is the only way you're saying, right. You know, there are all kinds of things that can be helpful to you on this journey. Let's make it as easy as we can for you, knowing that it's hard and get as right. many people involved. So we know what's going on for real. Absolutely. And I, I can't stress that enough in terms of how I approach patients. I think everyone is, every practitioner is very different, but I never look at a patient and, and I'm never telling them you need to stop this medication or I am not against Western medicine by any means. I love Western medicine and I love Western reproductive medicine. I'm fascinated by the science. I think it's incredible and it has helped create millions of miracle babies. So I will never try to convince a patient you should go the natural route or you should you should try it this way i will always support a woman and partners where they are in their journey now men they are a whole different ball game because we have lots of compliance issues with men so even for couples where they know it's a male factor fertility issue and i'm like okay well let's get your husband in and get them treated and get them on some good herbs and supplements. They're not always the most compliant. It's always the women who kind of bear, I shouldn't say it's always, it is oftentimes the women who bear a lot of the brunt of responsibility around this. And so um, it is, sorry, I went off on a tangent no, I, there. But that makes but sense. But it is, it's a, it's a team. I mean, yeah, it's a team effort. And I love having a team around a patient and, my ultimate goal for a patient is for them to feel like they have a squad. They have a team of people who are rooting for them, who are supporting them. And it's not just their acupuncturist or their massage therapist. It's also their REs or their nurses or their therapists. I want them to have ideally a full team around them. Yeah, because that will, I mean, if you are considering overall outcome being sure carrying a healthy, you know, carrying a baby full term, right. being healthy, your, you know, the, the woman being healthy herself, carrying a healthy baby full term, um, that outcome is beyond just physical body. Right. To be healthy yes. has to include physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. Carrie here. Thanks so much for listening today. As many of you know, my new book, Trauma is a Catalyst, is available now on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. I'd love it if you would do me a favor. 
buy a copy of my book, and if my story at all provides you with a spark of hope or a sense of connection, buy another copy and give it to someone who you think would benefit. Ask them to do the same. My goal is to positively impact a million or more people. You can help me do that. Thanks and enjoy the rest of this great conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think a lot of that takes a hit when you, when you are going through these treatments, it hits and financially, right? Like this is fertility stuff can often be a huge financial burden for a lot of couples who don't have insurance coverage or it's not always a simple road to having a baby that, and it's often stuff that they're paying for, for years and years and years, even after they have their kid. Right. So that probably just compounds the trauma because compounds it. Not only did you have to work so hard for what other people, for, for something that for other people, it comes so easily but you also have to continue to pay for it. Plus also pay for your kid because we all know how expensive kids are. (laughs) I mean, how much time do we have, Carrie? Because we can go on a long tangent (laughs) about how expensive. Yes. Once they are here, how much that costs. Right. But to like, you know, to still be paying for your, uh, your fertility treatments, Right. And figure out how to get your oh. kid, how to pay for college. That just seems like right. a really unfair situation. And not to mention, if you're anything like me, when you're in your mid thirties, you're still paying off your mm-hmm. education. So then saving for kids college or paying off fertility treatments, it's a, it's a big burden. Yeah. And, and I would imagine that that just compounds that trauma over and over again. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, we can, I, we could talk about this all day, but not to mention what the impacts it can have on your relationship when you're trying to make a baby. And for most people it's fun and exciting. And for couples who are going on a year or two of trying to conceive, it can be, you know, intimacy levels shift and it can become robotic and sex no longer becomes fun it becomes scheduled and you know it's a job and so and sometimes you carry that into fertility treatments if you're like okay it's been a year it hasn't happened let's go see an re and you're already going into fertility treatments which then start a whole other rigmarole of trauma but but going in there with a with a marriage that's already been strained or that's already gone through a lot to try to 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 get where they are. I I I it's would imagine it's a lot on women. So yeah, let's talk a little bit then about how acupuncture can help manage some of that anxiety and um and depression that can come with having fertility treatments not work or the strain on your relationship or any of those things. Cause I know for me, acupuncture has been wonderful for my anxiety levels. Um, you know, I had horrible anxiety through the pandemic and coming to see you every week has been hugely beneficial. So I, I, you know, For someone who has the multiple stresses of I can't get pregnant or I can't carry a baby and my husband and I have been trying for a year and our relationship is on the rocks because all of this stress and now my body is completely inhospitable to carrying a baby because I'm so stressed out. So right. what, what can acupuncture do? How, do? how does that work on the body and mind and spirit to relieve some of that anxiety? Sure. I think a big thing I say to patients too is because most, most people, we have a stress pandemic in general. And so most of the women who are coming through my door trying to conceive 
I would never actually tell them something like you need to calm down and it'll happen because there are a myriad of reasons why you're not getting pregnant and stress usually compounds them, but it's not the usually the reason they're not getting pregnant. So stress management is really helpful for women in general as like a root cause a root issue that women have going through these treatments, but it's very rarely the reason they're not getting pregnant. And I always say that to women and they always get a little bit more relief from it, right? Like, oh, thank you for saying that because I try to relax and I can't relax. And I'm worried that's the reason I'm not getting pregnant. I'm like, that's not the reason you're not getting pregnant. You're not helping yourself by living in this state, but it's certainly not the be all end all of why you're not getting pregnant. Acupuncture can really help relax your nervous system. So get you out of that fight or flight response, right? That a lot of us live in chronically it can kind of put you more into the rest and digest nervous part of your nervous system, which that happens very quickly after a treatment. Most patients leave and they feel better. Yes. Um, and with consistent care, their body changes and they get really good at activating that part of their nervous system. It becomes a little bit easier for them. Um, and also, too, we know that acupuncture increases circulation. It improves blood flow, which certain points go to certain organ systems. So we know we have access to certain pathways in the body where we can bring blood flow to the lower abdomen or to the pelvic floor or to the ovaries. We have different points that can help manage pain or stress or discomfort or headaches or some of the side effects that come up with IVF and with fertility and we can do some things to help manage hormonal imbalances and start there and help patients just feel better at, no matter where they are in their journey, they'll feel better. We also have herbs that make a big difference. So a lot of Chinese herbs are adaptogens or they're um, blood movers or blood builders, and that can make a big difference in terms of lining and implantation. And these are not just you know, these are herbs that have been around for thousands of years that are still practiced and utilized very similarly, even in modern medicine. So they're strong and they're powerful herbs that can really help improve fertility for a lot of these couples. So you had mentioned uh, complaints, issues with men and when, when the... <laughs> fertility challenge is on that side of things. Um, tell sure. me what kinds of things you can do if the fertility challenge is on the male side. Sure. There's so for male patients and I will even still prescribe herbs for men, even if patients, even if I'm only treating the woman in treatment, I can still say, well, let's get your husband on some herbs because he probably needs them. Um, but men, the partners can always benefit from treatment too. In fact, it's always that it takes two, right? We know that it takes two to make a baby. And so when you are treating couples, ideally you're treating both of them. And it also engages the male in the, in all the things the woman is actively doing to make a baby. It, it keeps them in the loop. And the most common thing too, I hear when men finally come in for treatment they're laying on the table and I come in to take their needles out. And the first thing they always say is, I get why my wife loves this now. <laughs> I get it now. This makes, this makes a lot of sense. It was very relaxing. It's quiet in here. There's no one bothering you. Yeah. Um, so men actually really respond very well to treatment. It's just getting them in the door. That's, that's the hard part. But I, I love what you said about when you are treating a woman going through a fertility journey, how important it is to sort of align her partner with her on that journey. So that it right. is not just um, solely her responsibility to get and stay pregnant. Um, Cause I think right. women in general take on all of that responsibility, right? Like, Oh, it must be my fault that oh, I for sure carry a baby or it must be my fault that we're not getting pregnant or, you know, I mean, and then after you have the kids, it's, it just keeps going. You know, this is right. <laughs> this is our culture. Um, right. Right. So I, I Absolutely. love 
you know, I, I, I love that your holistic approach isn't just including Eastern and Western medicine. It's the holistic approach is also including both people in the couple involved. It is. Absolutely. It's the whole shebang. It's everyone who can make a baby should be there for sure. Absolutely. And so, you know, and, and because you're talking about, IVF and things like that, that's when it becomes important to bring the doctors in too. And, and those sure. And, yeah, and absolutely. Like, I love that team approach. And I think typically Western medicine loses a lot of that. Um, right. Right. So it's nice to know that there are some avenues where you can, have both sides of it. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think actually both sides, particularly for fertility, are really powerful and really helpful for couples. And I know too, speaking of like the male factor issue with fertility, I have a lot of female patients who, when they, when they finally get all the testing done, and the doctors are like, yeah, your, your husband's motility is really low. His morphology is low this is the reason you guys aren't conceiving when patients hear that they feel a little bit of relief of having an answer, but oftentimes women will say like, I wish it were me because I know that I can, I would do anything to fix it. And so it's always hard when it is male factor and they still see their husband drinking beer and smoking pot every night, even though they're acupuncturists and doctors have said, start making, start eating healthier try to put more whole foods into your system, cut out processed foods, cut back on alcohol, don't smoke pot every day. And when the women are so compliant, right? They will they will do all the things to have the baby. And so it's almost hard for some couples, it's harder for them to hear these things because they're like, oh crap, my husband's still not not listening to these things, and it's it's it can be very frustrating right, when because it's it's out of it's really out of their control. Yeah, and in a different way than being out of their control because it's a medical issue, right? Right. If it's out of Absolutely. their control and it is the male male's issue, and Right. Their partner isn't doing something to help. help. Then it feels like, wow, I just put in all of this effort to try and get pregnant. You obviously don't care that much about it because you're not willing to change when we know it's your, right. your issue. Right. When this is, this is your related to your health and there are things you can do that can drastically change your metrics. That, I would, I would imagine that that, um, message does not, um, sit well for those relationships. I mean, there's a, an additional stressor sure. there because, you know, if it sure. had been the woman's issue and she was like, okay, I am going to do all the things but and right. and then if she doesn't do all the things, then okay, she that's a decision. But when it is her partner right. not doing all the things and she cannot control that, right? And I sh I guess we should say that this is not the case. This is kind of a pattern I have personally seen clinically. This is not the case for all couples. This is not the case for all sure. men. There are some men who are insanely compliant and who are on board and who are awesome and who I and we do see them. We see them occasionally. They come in. And they're wonderful. And then other times you just, you know, you get the men who when you're like I think you should eliminate dairy, they look at you like you're asking for a kidney, you know? It's just yes. It's the whole thing. And women are, you know, we always get female patients who are like that too. So it just, it, it depends. It's right. tough. And, you know, obviously we are talking about gender norms and, and our culture. Our right. culture right. tends to put the blame on women. And right. 
even when it's not their body's fault, they're still responsible for fixing the problem. Right. Right. 100%. Or they feel responsible. Because culturally, that's what we're told. They carry that. Yes. It's our job. We carry that burden. Right. We carry that burden. I saw, what was that meme that was out that I thought was so hilarious of like a pregnancy is like a group project where you, the woman does 99% of the work, but you both get an A for it. Yes. <laughs> Fertility is a little different, right? Because it's like, you're asking for compliance and it is 50, 50. You're like, it's actually, it's both 100, 100. You're like, you guys both need to come into this. you both need, there's going to be sacrifices and there's going to be work and, and couples going through those fertility treatments. It is, it is tough. Granted, even with IVF, the woman still has a lot more appointments and blood draws and ultrasounds than, and the male really just has to orgasm into a cup. So it is in general, a lot less, the men don't share necessarily the same trauma responses as women do because they don't, have to change their schedules to revolve around these these appointments or their you know they don't live by their phone to figure out if they got what their hormone levels were for that day or how many eggs that were retrieved and or how many eggs were genetically normal you know like they it's just a different it's a different experience for a lot of male partners again not all male partners and i hate to generalize but you know many times women do carry the burden of a lot of these treatments I, yeah i would imagine so what can couples coming into fertility treatments and um mm-hmm. do to take a holistic approach within their family. So, Mm. you know what I mean? Like, not just, um, you know, like, oh, what are the treatments that we can, we can do, but like, what kind of like thought patterns or questions or things would be beneficial if husbands or partners know ahead of time, Going, going in, like, sure, hey, going in. You know, this is this is a two person job, all the way. Right, right. I think. First of all, I love when couples come in and they're both like, "What more can I be doing?" And so that question is always great for your RE. It's always great for your therapist. It's always great for your acupuncturist because we're going to respond based on the tools that we have to give you. And so when a patient comes to my office and as an acupuncturist, when they say, what more can I be doing to improve my outcomes? I will suggest some lifestyle modifications, maybe even tell them to change up some of their exercise routines or what type of exercise they're doing. I might su- I will always suggest dietary changes, no matter if a patient asks that or not, I, food is very important. Um, I will suggest herbal supplements in your, if, if you are naturally trying to conceive, I will always recommend herbs. If you're going through IVF, it's a little tricky because you have to be careful recommending herbs to patients who are going through different cycles of IVF. So it just depends on where they are. Um, and I, naturally I will recommend acupuncture treatment, but if you ask that to, you know, you're a reproductive endocrinologist, what more can I be doing? They might say something along the lines of, you know, you can try, these supplements that we have for you, you can try to do some acupuncture. If you're stressed, you can try massage, you know, they might suggest a couple, what they consider like alternative modalities to help. Um, but it just, it, that question always depends on who you ask. That makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, we talked a little bit about financial burden, um, of IVF Mm. and, and any kind of medical intervention, right? So I would imagine that people look at acupuncture as, you know, is that one more expense? Um, Do you Mm -hmm. take insurance? 
Right. That is honestly, and I am not naive to it being an extra expense for these couples who are going through these treatments. I totally understand. And I try to be as fair and market competitive as possible with our prices. So I do accept only care first insurance. And the only reason for that is because care first allows me to bill for painful periods of regular cycles and things that are related to women's health. I can still bill for that under most policies. There are certain plans though, that only stipulate I can treat for pain. And so if a woman's coming in for fertility treatments, I can't bill their insurance because they don't have any, because they're not there for pain. And so insurance is very, very fickle when it comes to acupuncture and fertility. With that said, I have cash prices. I have packages that, um, because I rarely just want to see a patient just one. So I have packages for multiple treatments that bring down the cost of treatment. And I'm also very transparent with patients. So I always tell them, this is what I, this is how much I want to see you for how long. And then allow them to process that information. And if they, and they can do what they can with that. So you know, that's always a good conversation to have with their partner. Of, is it in their budget? And and then I try to work with them as best as I can, because I do feel like most people need it when they're going through these yeah, treatments. That makes sense. So yeah. if someone is listening today and has been struggling with infertility or is somewhere along their fertility um, journey, what suggestions do you have for them? Um, you know, mm. it, assuming they aren't doing acupuncture right now, or they're just trying to figure right. out how to start this journey. Yeah. I would, a big thing I would say is just really start to learn your body, learn when you ovulate, learn basal body temperature charting. And at, and if you're very early on in your fertility journey, really just try to get curious about your body. Try to figure out your ebbs and flows and look for cervical mucus. Get very intimate with yourself. If you, you know, if you touch your vaginal discharge, is it clear and stretchy when you're ovulating or is it thick and tacky? Get curious about these things and feel empowered by knowing your body. You are always welcome to see your primary care or your OBGYN and just say, hey, I'm looking to conceive in the next couple months. Can we run a baseline panel to make sure that my hormones are okay? Uh, and especially if you have a pre-existing condition already like PCOS or endometriosis, those are things that are going to be a big um, part of your fertility journey. And so having a discussion with your OBGYN or your holistic healthcare provider, naturopath, acupuncturist, whoever it is, those are things that you'd want to start addressing as soon as possible to make conception ideally a little bit quicker or easier. Um, I love the book, The Infertility Cure by Dr. Randine Lewis. She is an acupuncturist, but she talks a lot about natural ways of how we approach the body and how a patient can learn more about their body and what patterns they might have that they can address. And she, she just writes about it in such an eloquent and digestible way. And then always ask, look for a community, look for other people who maybe are in the same boat. If you have PCOS, you know, start joining PCOS support groups on Facebook, follow PCOS nutritionists on Facebook, Instagram. There's so many now who are wonderful. You know, look for look for a community of people around what you might be going through, and and start there. Always, I will say to patients, and this is not for every practice. I tell patients if you're if you're thinking about trying to conceive, call me now. Get on, try to get on my schedule as soon as possible because they're usually for most practitioners, especially ones who've been established for a while. It's a good month to two month wait to even get in as a new patient. So call, call around and, and do your research. Try to find someone who is, a, if you are looking into acupuncture, look for someone who is a specialist. It is a lot of continuing education. It's a lot of education outside of the master's or, or doctoral studies. So read their bios, look for someone who maybe is a good fit for you. Cool. That, that's great advice. Cause you yeah. know, it's funny because I mean, my oldest is 16 now and 
when I thought Aww. about having a baby, I didn't think yeah. about any of those things. I was also, you know, 29. And you didn't have to. <laughs> you didn't have to. Right. Yeah. You were very fortunate. You were very fortunate that you didn't actually have to start considering these things, which and ideally, you know, six out of 10 women don't necessarily have to think about these things. They get pregnant very easily, but there is the 30 to 40% of women who it's not necessarily going to be an easy journey, or they're going to have some obstacles that they have to overcome. It's a, it's a lot of women who might have to start having these conversations a little bit earlier or a little bit more seriously than, than you had to. Well, and I mean, that number alone, 30 to 40% of women can struggle to, get pregnant or maintain a pregnancy. Sure. sure. That's a huge yeah, number and I of actually, women it's, who aren't talking and about And I actually this. think it's, right. I think the number two for even women who have miscarried is like one in four. So it's even just the trauma around natural conception and having a miscarriage. Like, like I said, it's such a spectrum of women or or couples who and what they've gone through and how it affects them it's it's so vast wow um so how can our listeners like if they have questions or would like to schedule an appointment with you how how can they reach you sure um a good way to reach me is through my website so my website is foxacu.com that's like ACU as an acupuncture, just ACU, foxacu.com. Um, they are welcome to find me on Instagram. I'm at Dr. Lindsay Fox on Instagram. And uh, Fox Acupuncture on Instagram is my business site. So they're always welcome to reach out to me via social media. I try to be pretty responsive that way. And yeah, we can go, go from there. Awesome. Thank you so much for spending time with me today and discussing all of this. I think this can be incredibly beneficial for that 30 to 40% of women who, who struggle here. Um, Thank you so much for having me. I could talk about this stuff all the time. I feel very passionate about it. So I appreciate you creating a platform where we're talking about this trauma, because again, I, it's not, well talked about. So I appreciate you having me and you creating space for this conversation for these couples. Thank you so much, Lindsay. It's been a pleasure and we will see each other soon. Oh, I will see you soon. I for sure. Thank you so much for listening today. We can't wait to have you back next week. In the meantime, you can find me on my website at nomisadvisors.com. That's N-O-M-I-S advisors.com. If you enjoyed today's podcast, I would love it if you would rate and review it on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or anywhere else you get your podcast material. See you next time. Mm